coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. A lot of excitement, a lot of shiny objects leads to no direction, leads to no focus. Mm-hmm. So for me, that discovery of uh, early on made me realize that if I'm going through all this and I realized talking to other employees of the company and people I was interviewing, that they had the same challenge. I realized that I needed to build a business and, and have a purpose around it. I wanted to, you know, another thing I realized coming out of college is that universities and schools do not teach you how to do a business. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that we learn while you do business are never taught in school. And, and you know, and what you know is pretty much, I would just say worthless after a few months or years in, the, in your business because you don't know how to manage people. You don't know how to motivate them. You don't know, you, know, again, you learn how to make a marketing plan, but that doesn't mean anything. You don't know how to really make a business plan, right? I mean, so, so what, what is important is that I felt that there was all that was, I was going through uh, coming out of college that I needed to be clearing up for myself. So I wanted to make sure what I learned, I impart that same knowledge to my people. Welcome to the show, I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Today on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Rishi Khanna, who is actually a serial entrepreneur. He's got, I think he said, four businesses that he currently is running. But we dive deep into some of his management philosophies and his concepts of essentially developing life wheels for all of his employees. Really, really powerful. You know, when you think about this, your employees, you obviously want them to be happy, but I think a lot of times what people end up doing is they get into situations, and we actually touched on this a little bit during the show, but they get into situations where it's just basically a bridge that the employee is looking for a way to, you know, pay their bills and, you know, just to get by. What Rishi actually does is they align the interests and the goals with the people that they hire on and, you know, they, they basically put them in positions so that they can help achieve those, those goals. So what he's found is, you know, a lot of people will achieve those goals and transition out of their company. And they actually celebrate that when that happens, because they feel like they've done their job. They've done their part to put that person on the correct path to be able to achieve whatever it is that they're looking for. So, you know, think about that. How powerful is that when you are able to truly help someone achieve whatever it is that they're trying to achieve? And they may have never even had anyone approach them or or allow them to explain or, you know, much less plan to be able to achieve some of these lifelong goals. So really, really interesting, really powerful, powerful management philosophies explored today here on Past the Secret Sauce with Rishi Khanna. I grew up in a household where my parents, both my parents were entrepreneurs and they both, you know, led their own businesses. They eventually became business partners and, you know, build a company together. But being both A types, the dinner table was always pretty loud. Everyone needed to be heard. And then 
I guess growing up in the household, my sister and I have a I have an older sister who's uh, elder sister. She's a year and a half older than me, so we're almost like Irish twins, if you want to call them. But we both took on the entrepreneur journey thereafter. So it was a very interesting dinner table conversation every day. It was a lot. A lot of the conversation was about the business challenges they went through, and individually, and then together, and. So it, it 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 I guess it gave 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 me and my sister an early taste of what uh, running a business would be like, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. so we learned a lot from that conversation, interestingly. And and when when was the first time when you when you guys, uh, if you want to say, started a business, or if it was like a you know some type of small thing that you guys were doing when you were kids? When was the first time that you would say that you you know, really were bitten by that that entrepreneurial bug? Interesting. Growing up in a entrepreneur family or a business family, you are always told early that hey, you're going to be joining uh, the family business, you're going to join the family mm-hmm. business. So, so knowing that, sort of, I would just say, it took the uh, the fun of discovering what you wanted to be doing in, in your lifetime became a little bit of a challenge because I I didn't have the I had the drive to do well in school and I did, and I had the drive that I will probably have to work hard because I saw my parents working hard. But where, where I think was the missing link for me was that my parents made it so easy that there was no there was no drive left when I when I was mm-hmm. in college. It's like I got into college. I came so I grew up in India. I grew up in in Delhi, and I went to a private school. So my parents gave us gave us a right a really good education for me and my sister. And then so and while everybody in school was trying to do really well in school to get into a really good college and university. I knew I was going to move to the U.S. I never applied to any colleges in India. I got into UT Austin, and I and I was here. Right when I was there, I first few semesters I did really well, and then I didn't do well uh, on on my third semester or maybe fourth semester. I didn't do very well because I didn't know what I was working towards. I just completely lost the the drive, mm-hmm. and and that's what led me to you know sort of figure out is that hey, what am I what am I doing here? Right? Should I join my parents, or should I? Get a job because everybody in college, you know, university at UT was going to find a banking uh, job or a consulting job, and I was like, I don't even have the drive to find an internship, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I'm helping my dad, right? Uh, whenever I have time off, and you know, my, my parents had an office in Dallas, and which is why I moved from Austin to Dallas. But so I didn't have the drive to even look for an internship. But then that the the, the quarter the, the the semester I did not do well is when a lot of these things came to mind. Till that point, it was. It was a uh, life was very easy, mm-hmm. very comfortable. Everybody had jobs in college to do. I had none, none to do. I was not getting. I had an allowance from my my, my parents, and and I was just made to do only one thing till let's say I was eighteen. Is that just do well in school? Everything else will be taken care of, yeah, right? So yeah. where does the drive come from, right? Yeah. In in that kind of uh, lifestyle. And 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 do you think that that harmed your upbringing or or your development at that point? Do you think that was a detriment? Looking no, I think it. It, it didn't harm my upbringing, but I think I lost my drive because I was sort of made, my life became a life, you know, with a silver spoon kind of thing. Right. So yeah. my, my, my future was uh, sort of written by my parents and I was supposed to follow that dream, right. Their dream, but it wasn't my dream. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't mm-hmm. the, it wasn't my life plan for myself. I didn't have a life plan. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have a plan for myself. I just didn't know what I was going to do. So, you know, so what I ended up doing is that, you know what, I told my parents, I said, I don't want to join the family business. And they said, why? I said, well, I need to discover myself. I need to figure out what I'm going to be good at. Mm-hmm. And he, my dad's like, 
you, we already know what you're good at. I said, doesn't matter what you know, I need to discover myself. It's for me to discover my future instead of you because I have to live my life beyond run, running a family business. And they, and they, my dad took it very personally, right? It's like, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. seems that you got influenced by other people kind of thing, right? That what are you doing, right? And, and oh, really? in, my, in my mind, I was like, I was trying to be independent. I was trying to think beyond and not be close-minded. I mean, I was always very driven. Right. Till that point, I didn't know what my life was going to be about. I finished my four-year college in three years, right? Okay. So I was driven. But here I was on my in my like so junior year. I started looking for looking for an internship, and I did find one. But then I had a conversation with my you know university counselor, and 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 he said, you know, if you want to graduate, you can graduate the next semester. But here's mm -hmm. how you're going to do it. And guess what? I graduated next semester, the following semester, but then I started looking for a job. So here I was. So there's a joke in my, uh, amongst my friends and I hope if, if they ever hear this uh, podcast, they probably will probably appreciate understand it. I was famous for coming into school in a gray suit. In okay. <laughs> Every day was a great suit, gray suit. So I, I had a gray suit to, to find internships. I had a gray suit to find a job. All that happened in two semesters. Cause I went through junior and, and senior uh, year in college in just two semesters. So guess what happened? I was in gray suit. So the joke was, Rishi's going to come in a gray suit because I was always looking for something. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So anyhow, I basically uh, ended up finding myself a, for a consulting job at Deloitte. And I took that and that brought me to Dallas. I chose to be in Dallas and I brought me to Dallas. And um, during that conversation, uh, you know, being in uh, uh, Deloitte for a little over a year, I was there for only 16 months. A conversation with my my reporting manager or senior manager uh, said, "Hey, you know, you're 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 not meant to be in this job." I said, "What does that mean? I'm not doing a good job." He said, "No, you're doing great. Just that you're not meant to be here. You need to be, be you need to be an entrepreneur." I mm -hmm. said, "Why? I I wanted to be I wanted to be a consultant. I want to be a banker. I don't want to be an entrepreneur, right?" He said, "No, no. I think I think you have the right skill sets to really to be the leader. You don't need to be in this job. This is not meant for you." And guess what? I just took I, I took that as a a good advice, and I resign. Interesting. And my dad thought I would resign and join the family business. And, and, I, and I told my dad, no, I'm not joining the family business. So he, just, he said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out in the next two weeks. Right? Yeah. And then I started my, my company doing uh, you know, software outsourcing to India. I, I felt there was a whole trend around in 99 that companies were establishing. A lot of people were starting up this. They were not called startups back then. They were called dot-coms. Everybody's yep. starting a, a business on the, on the internet. And I felt that, hey, I needed to be able to assist them in helping them uh, build a, a remote team in India. And then and, and that's what that's going to be my business. So I started that without having any background in, I just was gonna ask in, that. in, in, in outsourcing. You know, yeah. the only background I would take back from Deloitte, and I would give Deloitte a lot of credit for it, is that the, the training round, early training round, the induction process, the training they gave me as a consultant, gave me all the confidence I needed to start my own consulting company, which was in, my, in software. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you, you mentioned that you had lost your drive. I'd say that you found your drive at that point, you know, I mean, you, right. you, you, you may have been, you know, just going down this path that everybody else expected of you, but then, you know, it seemed like once you, once you realized that about yourself, you know, everything shifted and, and, you know, changed the trajectory of your life. So yeah, kudos to you. So, so what was it about the the outsourcing that drew you to that you know that that channel or that industry? Did you have any type of connections with coders, programmers, you know, back in India, or what? What are your thoughts there? So, I started soft developing software when I was in third grade. Oh wow! I went to a private school, 
And in private school, we had a computer class when we were uh, in third grade. And that's when they started teaching you how to code. And so that was my uh, foray into you know, computers and, and software. And, and so, so that's gave me that early interest in building software. So I built software throughout my high school journey or school mm-hmm. journey. And so when I, when I had a choice to pick my direction of, of interest in 11th and 12th grade, so it, it, unlike in the U.S., they don't have that in American schools, they don't have that. And in, 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 in studying in India, you choose your area of expertise mm-hmm. or explore those expertise on 11th and, during 11th and 12th grade. So the choices are between biology, business, computer science, physics, chemistry, you know, these are the choices they give you. So you pick and choose which course you want to do. And mm-hmm. that becomes your concentration for two years. Okay. In addition to your regular course where, you know, coursework that you would normally do. So, so I chose computer science because I was interested in that. And so, and, and so I was, I supposedly, I mean, the, the objective of coming to the U.S. to study was to join UT Austin's computer science uh, uh, program. But I joined the computer science program and dropped out of that and joined the business economics program. It was another mm-hmm. uh, setback from my, 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 my father, who was an engineer himself, that I didn't follow the engineering dream. So anyway, that's the, that's the backstory of how I got into computer science. And so I was always interested in it, but I was also got fascinated by economics and got fascinated by business school. And that, that sort of got me interested in, in the whole aspect of, cause you know, being in, coming from an entrepreneur family, I was going to get into business, but you know, I just felt that I was more interested in discovering that part of the world than computer. So when I did economics, I actually started writing programs in, 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 at, you know, at UT Austin, mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, uh, programs around, you know, to solve uh, econ- econometrics problems. So I always kept, I've always kept close to the programming uh, throughout my, you know, I would just say childhood. And then the other story is that my father in 1995, this is uh, when I was my first year in college, came to me and said, you know, and this is how the conversations were with my dad and, and my parents and, and, and me and my sister is like, hey, I don't know what to do. I got a big, uh, like my dad said, my, they lost a big contract where they were supplying a a massive amount of products to Nordstrom because my parents okay. were into clothing, high fashion garments, clothing. They were exporting it to uh, or selling it to JP's, JC Penney, Nordstrom, mm-hmm. Neiman Marcus, and those kind of companies, which is why Dallas was a place for them. And so he came to me and said, you know what? I've lost, the shipment is leaving from India, but Nordstrom has called, called me and they've canceled the order. We have oh, wow. 50,000 pieces of products that I don't know what to do. And I said, dad, just sell it on the, sell it on the internet. He says, yeah. what is internet? In 95, oh, wow. right? Yeah. I told him that. He said, I said, sell it on the internet. He said, what is the internet? I said, dad, everything's going to be e-commerce. He said, what is e-commerce? So he didn't know what that was. So I helped my dad build his first website in 1995. Wow. And, you know, the name of the, the, the website was Discount Dresses Online. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today.
and the uh, and his company was called Discount Dresses. And so we helped. I set set up the first e-commerce site for him in, in 1995. Wow! And that's what got me into web programming. I didn't know web pro- programming prior to 95. Yeah. yeah, that's that's when internet was just becoming, you know, what it is yeah, today. Absolutely, absolutely. So you probably were one of the first e-commerce websites then at that probably point. Probably yeah. we were, and and we did really well, and 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 yeah. so you know, helped marketed that site, and it did so well that we actually sold that company. But my dad retired uh, because because of the selling of that business. Wow. And so he retired in two thousand three, and he went back to India, and it just sort of followed his passion of playing golf six days a week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's great. And, that's uh, great. That's what he does since then. But that's what that's how I got got me into into the business of uh, programming and software and internet and marketing and those kind of things. For the uh, it, I I learned all that because of solving my parents' business problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really want to get into you know some of the things that you discovered about you know helping people find you know their their path and finding their you know what they excel at and what they really want to do. But first. Before we leave the the you know the outsourcing part, there's so many companies right now that are looking to outsource their you know their business many different ways. Do you have any tips or techniques in what you how you would suggest finding a a reliable outsourced worker? Any any tips that you've learned over the years as far as that's concerned? So I will share a few things with you. One, as an entrepreneur, we have a hard time letting go of that particular task or activity or, or, you know, that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first thing that I recommend entrepreneurs do is, is be open to the fact that somebody else can do the job as good or better than you. And second is that I feel that when they outsource it, the, the number one thing that comes to mind is how to do it cheaper. And I think that mm-hmm. the, 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 the way I like to look at it is that it's not about cheaper because cheaper only makes it cheaper, right? The, the, the results are going to be cheap too. So you need to get, you need to figure out what is, what is a way to do it better? Someone who can do it better than you, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that will lead to a better result because we always try to cut costs, but you know, sometimes cutting costs also means doing more efficiently. Sometimes it also means doing it, you know, in, in a more effective way than you probably are doing for the, so long. So, so that's the early suggestion I would like to give. And in terms of finding the right talent, I think it's about someone who has done it before instead of someone who is going to be cheaper than you to do mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and someone you're going to invest your time training. We, have, we, need to, we need to train people below us all the time, but I think it's better to find someone who's done it before somewhere else and has, has, has knows the ins and outs of it. So the t- time to train that person will be limited and it'll be more effective when they take it on from you, they can take it to the next level. They can actually improve it for you. So, yeah. that, so the learning can come from that, from that pathway. And I think that's what's missing is that I feel that, you know, gone through this, been in the business for 21 years, a lot of the clients tell me, even the one, a client we, we spoke to this week said, hey, you know what, do you have a software that actually measures, keeps a control on what they are doing and how many, how many keys they press on the, on the keyboard and how, many, how much time they spend on the computer? And my uh, take on that is like, why does that matter? If, if, because that, that only tell, uh, you're only policing them at that point. Mm-hmm. But if they're not being effective and not achieving the results for you, it doesn't matter how much time they spend on the computer. Because I think that the biggest, uh, biggest thing you're getting from any worker, not just outsourced worker, is that how can I use their mind to do more for me than what their fingers can do on a keyboard? Yeah, that no, that makes perfect sense. I love that. I, and I've never heard that analogy before, that, that way of 
of uh, phrasing it. So completely agree. I love that. I love that. So, so talk a little bit about, we, we, we were talking a little bit in the, the green room about, you know, how you help people develop their life plan and, and really develop what, that, what it is that they're good at and, and enjoy doing. Talk a little bit about that process and, and how you implement and what you do with that information, you know, in your company, in your business. So I'm going to share a story and then I'm going to get into what that looks like in our business. So, you know, as I mentioned to you that, you know, in college, I, do, I could, didn't know what I was going to be doing. I didn't have a life plan for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I also realized that not having a life plan did not give me a direction. So I was, everything was a shiny object. Everything was sort of, you know, exciting. Mm-hmm. But that a lot of excitement, a lot of shiny objects leads to no direction, leads to no focus. Mm-hmm. So for me, that discovery of uh, early on made me realize that if I'm going through all this and I realized talking to other employees of the company and people that was interviewing that they had the same challenge, I realized that I needed to build a business uh, and, and have a purpose around it. I wanted to, you know, another thing I realized coming out of college is that universities and schools do not teach you how to do a business. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that we learn while you do business are never taught in school. And, and, you know, and what you know is pretty much, I would just say worthless after a few months or years in, the, in your business, because you don't know how to manage people. You don't know how to motivate them. You don't know, you, know, you learn how to make a marketing plan, but that doesn't mean anything. You don't know how to really make a business plan, right? I mean, so, so what, what is important is that I felt that there was all that was, I was going through uh, coming out of college that I needed to be clearing up for myself. So I wanted to make sure that what I learned, I impart that same knowledge to my people, right? And so I wanted to, I also tried to discover purpose early on in my, in my life. And I didn't know what my purpose was going to be. What, I, what Why am I in this world? You know, where, where am I going with all this? And so that also gave me, challenged me to figure out, hey, what do I want to be, right? Not mm-hmm. what I want to be in terms of what, how much ba- money I have in my uh, bank balance I have in my, in my, you know, in my bank or what I drive and where I, where I go. Because, you know, when I got some early successes, I went and bought myself, the first thing I did is run by my, bought myself a Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that it, after a day or two of driving a Mercedes, that didn't do much for me. And I felt, you know what, maybe it's not this, maybe it's Mercedes. I went and, I went and swapped the Mercedes for a BMW. And I said, I'm going to buy a BMW. Maybe that's going to do something for me. And I realized that didn't do anything for me. I realized literally that all these things which were materialistic did not get me any happiness, did not get me anywhere I wanted to go, did not clarify anything for me uh, in my life's journey. So I basically decided that I needed to come up with my own life plan. I wanted to figure out what brings me happiness. I needed to figure out what my purpose is. And that journey led me to put together a program within our organization that every new employee that comes through needs to have a life plan. We, that is part of our induction process. It's not about what you're going to do. It's about what you're going to do with your life, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. we will always teach you what you're going to do with, with what you do. And we will always, uh, you know, be accounting on them to tell us where we need to, uh, how you need to get there. But we want them to be purposeful, right? And that will lead to a, a, a great journey together. Because as we identify opportunities within our organization that will help them achieve their goals, they will be more excited, they will be more happy. And when, in turn, we will be happy because they will help us get where we want to go because we basically... Uh, create a a dissection or, you know, intersection between our business goals and their life plans. Mm -hmm. If their plan, if I hire someone today and they say, I want, they want to be a nurse. I'm not in the nursing business. How does that help me? Right. Yeah. So I've interviewed people and say, you know what? I just, I want this to be a 
point A to point B the next six months so I can get, get by uh, you know, my, my, my bills. But that's not what I'm looking for in a business. I'm trying to figure out, is this going to be a career? Is this going to get you where you need to get to? What are, you, you know, what are your milestones that you want to achieve? And that's what's going to get, get uh, us together somewhere to get, you know, in, in, the, in, in the life journey. So, so that's what we do. So how, when we do this, it's an, it's an open discussion. Leadership team from our, uh, from our company, uh, existing employees of the company will, in, 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 you know, will, be, will be part of that journey. We may have seven to 10 people in a, in a room, you know, all new hires. And we would basically go through discovering ourselves, our life wheels, and a bunch of exercises we do that allows us to figure out who they are, where they're going, what motivates them, what excites them, what are their immediate goals, what are their long-term goals, and, and so on and so forth. And what are they doing and willing to do to get there, right? And those kind of things allow our leadership team to figure out how to motivate them, how to excite them, because everyone's different. Everyone's motivated by, motivated by different things. And that leads to a great journey together because then we are able to overcome that challenge of, hey, do I know this person at all? Well, we know them all within a couple of days being in the company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We know more about them than they knew about themselves uh, discovering themselves in the company. And that's what makes it, allows us to create a culture by design rather than a culture by default. I love that. So the, the life wheel that you were talking about, was that, were each of those things that you mentioned, you know, part of that life wheel, those were essentially rungs or however you want to phrase it on that wheel. The, uh, I can't remember some of them that you rattled off now, but, but I'm assuming each one of those were spokes essentially on that wheel. Yes. That's right. They're, they are spokes on the wheel. And so they can talk about health. They can talk about personal growth. They can talk about education. They, you know, we have, we have a bunch of uh, spokes in that wheel that allows us to figure out where they rate themselves against where they want to go and why do they rate themselves at that level? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our job is to make that wheel very smooth. Right. We want everything, every uh, spoke in that wheel to be at the same level. And, 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 and so it's, it's a smoother ride forward instead yeah. of making it rocky because, you know, one is lower and then the, then the other. Yeah, that makes, that makes so much sense. So do you guys groom these people to move on after you to, to, you know, basically it, that that's, that's where they're their trajectory is going to take them is whatever, wherever their life goal is. Like you, you could put them on a path that ultimately is going to lead them out of your company, but you know, you know that that's the right path for them because again, that's, that's what they've chosen. Right. So yes. And so we celebrate those, right. And when people achieve life goals, right. They say, Hey, I want to, I never owned a house. Nobody in my family's ever owned a house and they buy a house. That's a great life goal. We celebrate that. Right. Uh, yeah. And we have a, we also have a, a vision board for our, uh, for our business while we have a vision board for, our, for, for the individuals so that we can celebrate those successes and failures and, and, and make those things happen. But what is important is that if they do transition out of our organization, it's a big celebration for us because yeah. we feel that they're, they're achieving where they want to go. And we need to celebrate that along the way because you know once they leave the organization, they are ambassadors for life. They always think about our business. They always bring us on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can tell you a few years ago, we had brought, we, we brought in Hyatt as a customer. It didn't come from a sales team. It didn't come from, web, it didn't come from the web, as a web lead. It came as an ex-employee who's working at Hyatt, brought that customer in and said, you know what? The best company to solve this problem was going to be, you know, our company. Yeah. yeah. And we, we it, it, is, it is great, right? It, it allows us to ex- extend our, our businesses and services to everyone because we are driven by purpose. We're not, we, we are not, we are not salesy. Well, what is important is that we are t- 
trying to solve problems everywhere. And there are certain problems we can solve and others we can't. And so, yeah. we, and so people in our ambassadors realize they know exactly what we can do. And a lot of people want to come back, right, after you. So we, over the last 21 years, there have been about 1,000 people that have gone through our organization. You know, during the pandemic, one of the things that we became more conscious about is to first reach out to of the company to find out how they were doing. Is there anything that we can do to help them find a job if mm-hmm. they have lost one? And is there anything that we can support them with so that we can be there for them? And that's led to a, a regular newsletter that's leading Zoom calls. Now we have WhatsApp groups, which are, you know, U.S., uh, North America-based, Latin America-based, Australia-based. I was in Australia just before the pandemic started. And, uh, and so when I was there, I was in Melbourne. I met up with uh, our ex-employees in Melbourne, having yeah. dinner with them. I love it. That's great. So, so you're- right? uh, With their families. And yeah. some of these guys I had not seen for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a great footprint that's, that's uh, gone global at this point. So that, that's incredible. You, you mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, the, the employees having a vision board of their own, and then the company has a vision board as well. Is the employee vision board created off of their life wheel? And is, is basically that same process deployed for the company? So the company has, you know, it's, it's life wheel, if you will, that you then create the vision board off of it. That is correct. So, and, and we make these, uh, these uh, I mean, right now we don't have that going the way we used to because we are not, all of us are not going to the office. Actually, not, nobody's going to the office right now. But if, it, if they were in the office setting, vision board would be on, uh, on the desk. It, you, mm-hmm. Everyone can see it. So everyone can appreciate each other's vision board and everyone can get inspired by each other and, oh, and their cool. vision boards. And, and the company vision board is available to them in a common area just as you enter. So they can see where the company wants to go. And then when we celebrate, we achieve something from that vision board or anybody achieves something on a vision board, we celebrate together. Yeah, that is, that is cool. I, I really like that. I like that philosophy. I like that, that approach and the support that that really supri- uh, supplies everyone as well. I mean, that's, that's an incredible way to be able to build culture and, uh, you know, everyone understands everyone else's purpose and journey. And, you know, I'm sure you probably end up getting clicks or cohorts of, you know, people that have the similar path. You know, so so you you kind of create, you foster a community, you know, right right inside of your own company, you know, with those like-minded in, individuals. So that is really really cool. I I really like that that management philosophy. Barishi, if if people want to learn more about you or your company, what would be the best way to reach out and get in touch with you? Well, uh, connect with me connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I recently started a website called rishikana.net, which basically is my way of creating my personal brand, if you want to call it, because I feel that I need to think about me beyond uh, the business I'm part of. I'm, I'm hoping at some point the business will be taken over by employees and they'll take a next level. And I want to go out there, inspire more people, uh, make an impact on everyone I touch. And so if people want to connect with me, LinkedIn is the best way. Or second is visit our website, rishikana.net. You know, if you'd like to uh, drop by our, our business website, I have four companies, but you know, we can leave those on, on your uh, the web addresses on on your podcast, yeah, sure. but, yeah. but, but, you know, those notes, but so, yeah, I mean, love to connect with people. If there's anyone who has a challenge and, you know, even if I haven't been through, I'll probably tell you who has, and, and I'll be able to make you connected. I love it. I love it. Rishi, this has been fantastic. Congratulations on all the success. You really have some great philosophies, management philosophies and, and things that you're deploying. So, you know, kudos to you and, you know, great to see people running companies like that. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. Thanks for listening, and remember, pass the secret sauce.